0: On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey there, Brain Changer. Now, before we get started, just four quick items. Number one, I have a gift for every single listener, and this is how you can get it. If you haven't already, would you take about two minutes to rate and write a review for the show on Apple Podcasts? This would really help us to get the word out about the show so that more folks can find us. If you don't use Apple Podcasts, please simply make a favorite or follow wherever you listen and then share your favorite episode link on social media tagging me when you do and if you do either of these tasks i want to know please dm me on facebook or send me an email to choose to think at gmail.com with your us mailing address and i will send you a small token of my appreciation it's two custom designed premium stickers from chris beth's world to remind you to keep living your best thought life. Number two, be sure to check the show notes for the link to purchase your very own theme based t shirts based on podcast episodes. There are nearly 100 designs waiting for you over on the Choose to Think Merchant More store. Come visit us today and snag a t shirt to give as a gift for that special someone. Number three, you may not be aware of the time commitment involved in podcast production. For listeners, it is free content. Each week, I invest about 10 hours on the show doing my very best to put out quality work and to provide value, inspiration, and a whole lot of practical tips and tricks to encourage you in your Christian journey. Now, I'm on the lookout for small businesses or corporate sponsors for this show. If you own a small business or if you know of a local company who would be willing to sponsor an episode or two, would you please contact me directly? I have a special media kit that I would like to send that particular business or corporation, and I would really appreciate your support. And number four, finally, I also create for you special cheat sheets, worksheets, and downloadables available on my website, and they're all free. Head on over to victoriadwalker.com to opt in. Okay, and now on with the show. Thank you for being here. Some scholars suggest that David penned this psalm, which is a picture of agony and later restoration, after his dear friend Nathan confronted him on his sin with Bathsheba. It is one of the Old Testament passages deemed prophetic because it foreshadows Jesus' cruel death on the cross. You'll hear verses about the piercing of hands and feet, the parched mouth and severe thirst, bones out of joint, and the dividing of garments and casting of lots. We get a teeny glimpse into the death and heart of Jesus. You'll hear a natural progression and development of themes in this psalm, First, the cries of anguish and then the switch to supplication and praise, starting in verse 19 with the oft quoted phrase, but you, Lord, or maybe you've heard it said something like this, but God, you see that little those little two words a lot lately, but God So this psalm pivots to adoration, recognizing that God does not despise the affliction of the one who suffers. God loves us so much that he allows his love to change us deeply. But this personal transformation is with a purpose. We're to go out and reach others for Christ, to tell them of the good news, and to share with others just how much the Lord has done in our lives and really, in practical ways, how he sustains us. Now, I'd like to read a section about Psalm 22 from the devotional book by Dr. Timothy Keller called The Songs of Jesus. And a little side note, uh, you know, by the way, in case you didn't know, I'm writing a devotional called Choose to Think, Start Living Your Best Thought Life Every Day. And if all goes according to plan, my devotional should be in print by Cyber Monday of this year. For those who may not know what a devotional is, it's a book with generally a one-page reading which may include a Bible verse, a passage to consider about that verse, and but, you know, in ways that kind of connect it to the reader, and then a few practical application thought questions, and then a brief prayer. Now, that's kind of the way I've written my devotional. A lot of people enjoy starting their day with a five-minute devotional to kind of book in their morning. I do a devotional as a springboard to my daily study and prayer time with God. So that's what this devotional is. It's, it's got 365 entries, and that that's what I'm reading from, from Dr. Keller's devotional. He has two of them, and I just absolutely love both of his devotional. Okay, so back to the psalm. Now, this is what Keller writes. Jesus answered every one of Satan's assaults with passages from Deuteronomy. As he was carrying the cross, he cited the prophet Hosea, and as he was dying in agony, he quoted both Psalm 22.1 and Psalm 31.5. Jesus was so saturated in the word of God that it spontaneously came to his mind, enabling him to interpret and face every challenge. There are modern imitations of what Jesus had. Relaxation techniques, stress management, positive thinking, mystical forms of contemplation. But nothing can duplicate it. God's word was what sustained God's incarnate word, that is Jesus, when he lived and when he died. Accept no substitutes. Let's listen now to this psalm. Psalm 22, the NASB Version My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Far from my help are the words of my groaning. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I have no rest. Yet you are holy, you who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted, and you rescued them. To you they cried out, and they fled to safety. In you they trusted, and were not disappointed. But I am a worm, and not a person, a disgrace of mankind, and despised by the people. All who see me deride me. They sneer, they shake their heads, saying, Turn him over to the Lord. Let him save him. Let him rescue him, because he delights in him. Yet you are he who brought me forth from the womb. You made me trust when upon my mother's breasts. I was cast upon you from birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, for there is no one to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They open their mouths wide at me as a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a piece of pottery, and my tongue clings to my jaws. And you lay me in the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. A band of evildoers has encompassed me. They pierced my hands and my feet— I can count all my bones. They look, they stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and they cast lots for my clothing. But you, Lord, do not be far away. You who are my help, hurry to my assistance. Save my soul from the sword, my only life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of the wild oxen, you answer me. I will proclaim your name to my brothers. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, all you descendants of Israel, for he has not despised nor scorned the suffering of the afflicted. Nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him for help, he heard. From you comes my praise in the great assembly. I shall pay my vows before those who fear him. The afflicted will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. May your heart live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations will worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth will eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust will kneel before him, even he who cannot keep his soul alive. A posterity will serve him. It will be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They will come and will declare his righteousness to a people who will be born, that he has performed it. And this is the word of the Lord. I wanted to highlight this passage from Keller because it represents step three in the process that I developed and currently use daily when it comes to taking toxic thoughts captive. I call it the five R's. Step one is to recognize what you're thinking about. Too often, our thoughts really do get the best of us. Remember, external events shape our thoughts, causing us to respond or react to a gazillion different scenarios and situations. Our thoughts or our mind produces emotions and feelings, which in turn cause us to behave in a certain way. Okay, here's an example. Have you ever found yourself a bit crabby? kind of out of the blue and maybe someone even notices that you have a frown on your face? Well, I bet my, be- my bottom dollar that if you trace your frown and your crabby feelings all the way back, you're gonna find a few thoughts that started the whole thing. The point is, what you're thinking about influences your brain literally. And often we ruminate over the same thoughts, the same memories, over and over and over again. We keep replaying the same stuff. The problem is, if our thoughts are not true, or if they're based on speculations, then we run the risk of believing lies. And then our brains will be on the lookout to actually support those lies. Think about that. For example, let's say it's our anniversary and our husband seems to have forgotten. He walks out the door without saying a word about this special day. And all day long, we keep thinking about his supposed oversight. We keep saying to ourselves about our spouse and engaging and energizing this thought. He doesn't care about me or love me anymore. Okay. Now, when we say that enough, our brains are literally impacted. In essence, our brains want to prove it. Our brains want to prove what we think. So we fixate on ways that our spouse may not love us. And we're constantly looking for, quote, proof. An external event happens. We process the event with our thoughts, which cause perhaps faulty conclusions that influences our mood. And lastly, our behavior. We walk around grumpy and sad all day long because we think her husband doesn't love us because he forgot to say happy anniversary. We may even call a friend to vent about, to vent about his oversight all of which only reiterates and solidifies these thoughts in our brains. Do you see do you see the impact of our thoughts? Do you see what's really happening here? Don't be duped into thinking that it's just a thought, it's some little thing floating around in the air. It's not. Your thoughts take up mental real estate. That's a Caroline Leaf quote. Your your thoughts are made of chemicals and proteins in your brain taking up space and the beauty of this whole thing is that you can take those thoughts captive that are toxic and not true you can de-energize and disintegrate them literally in your brain okay so that's a part of this process i get so excited about it when i talk about it so taking the initial thought captive my husband doesn't love me could have saved me a lot of time and energy that day after we recognize what we're thinking we move to the second r reject we've got to train our brains to reject any possible lies or speculations we may be believing our thoughts are powerful this second step may also include the r of resisting the enemy of our soul remember he is the great deceiver or masterful masterful liar who would be thrilled for you to believe your husband doesn't love you better yet He would love you to go a bit further with that thought to conclude that he doesn't love love you because you're unlovable. Think about that. Trust me, he'll send lots of fiery darts your way to accuse you and berate you. This step two of resisting and rejecting includes a high level of self-awareness in the thinking department. About our inner dialogue, we learn to ask ourselves to help us resist and reject. Who is saying this to me? Is this what God would say about me, about himself, about my situation? Okay, so this leads us to step three. After we recognize what we're thinking about and we reject any untruths, we must replace the toxic thoughts with truth-filled ones. And about my example, let me say that if you're finding yourself severely bent out of shape because your husband neglected to say happy anniversary or bring you roses, well... There may be more going on in your mind than you know. You could be contending with a bitter root of rejection, self-pity, and self-focus. Sorry, I know that may sound harsh because, yeah, we all like someone to say happy birthday or happy anniversary. But we might want to keep that in line. We can't let that get out out of proportion here. Because we all wish want to be wished happy anniversary or happy birthday. But these desires for others to love us and even demonstrate their love for us can be a slippery slope when we really put a lot of emphasis on them. We may have a few heart wounds to contend with. We may even have misplaced love in our hearts. So the question then becomes, is Jesus really number one in your heart? If so, didn't he already prove to you his great love for you? So what more could you want in life? I know that's a tough question, isn't it? Well, possible replacement thoughts might go something like this. As we kind of, you know, we want to replace them. We want to, as we're resisting and we're rejecting and we're, we're replacing, we might say to the Lord, Father, your word says that you love me so much. You died for me, though I was lost and filled with sin. Help me not to focus on being loved by my husband, but instead on loving him unconditionally and in the best ways that I can. Help me to keep my eyes on you, not on myself. Fill me so much, so full with your love that I'm spilling over onto everyone despite any external event that I bump up against. Okay, here's a recap. We recognize what we're thinking about. We reject any lies or speculations, resisting the enemy as needed. Then we replace the toxic thoughts with God's life-giving, energizing truth, which leads us in a new direction, right? We use a truth lead to pivot and turn into a new direction. We're taking a different path, and literally our brain is engaging a new path, a new area of our brain, new chemicals, new proteins being established. And then step four, we renew our minds. The Bible tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Essentially, the renewal process kicks into gear when we execute steps one through three. When we renew our minds and thoughts, our emotions and feelings follow suit, as well as our behavior. For example, we're no longer crabby and grumpy. Instead, we are grateful grateful that our husbands are working so hard to provide for our families, grateful that we can focus on blessing him instead of receiving the blessing. And we take action on this, right? Our feelings and emotions follow suit and then our actions. Maybe we prepare his special dinner that night or we write him a note of appreciation. Wouldn't this focus on those things that are good and perfect be God's will for us? Wouldn't the Holy Spirit love it when our minds are renewed with God's word and truth? Wouldn't the Spirit bear witness and strengthen us in our desire to glorify God? Yes, he would. Can you feel the energy here? The difference between a God-focused life and a self-focused life? One produces life, the other death. Okay, finally, step five is to repeat. Yep. Sometimes we have to do this a gazillion times during the day. Remember, some researchers suggest that we have upwards of 70,000 thoughts in a day and 90% of them are negative. We can change this. We can make sure that most of our thoughts are positive and reflect God's nature and his word instead and say, if you'd like a free infographic, which is a one page PDF to stick up on your fridge to remind you of the five R's, you can find that link in the show notes. I made that for you. Now, as a side note, I've actually added two more R's to the list. So it's really seven R's, but number six then essentially would be rely on God. And number seven would be rest. In other words, we rely on God's spirit to guide us into his truth, right? In other words, it's not just about us, 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 and striving to take thoughts captive, but we involve God in the process. And then finally, when all the thinking's done and the dust kind of settles, we learn to rest. Some say that the mind is our battlefield, and this process of renewal can kind of wear us out. But that's where we learn to rest, knowing that we are indeed 100% responsible to choose to think, but God is also 100% involved in the process. Philippians 4, 8 tells us what to think about every single day. And it says this, Think about whatever is true, whatever is honorable, right, pure, lovely, of good repute. If there's any excellence and if anything is worthy of praise, we ought to dwell or think about these things and that in part is my wish for you today that you learn as I have the importance of taking thoughts captive Jesus proved his love for you and for me so that we might live truly live our eternity really does start the moment that we believe And I'd like to conclude with the prayer that Dr. Keller wrote for that very same devotional that I I cited to you earlier. So let's pray. Let your word be not merely something I believe, but something that dwells richly inside me, so it reshapes all my thinking and feelings and even the very foundations of my heart. Let your promises, summonses, and declarations be my strength. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode, Brain Changer. Take heart. You can do it. With God's help, you can scale a wall. There's nothing that's impossible when you have God at your side. So take heart. Put these seven Rs, if you will, into play. Begin today. You know, I used to live an emotionally driven life. And my emotions drove my actions and my behavior. And I was kind of just miserable. Or actually, I should say I was up and down. I was so extreme in how I lived my life. And I want to feel everything. I want I don't want any emotion on you know not uncovered. I don't mind feeling because I'm a, I'm a sentient human being. God gave me these feelings and emotions and I want to experience life but I don't want to be stuck in the extremity of my emotions and my feelings and my moods and that's what happened to me and I don't know if you may be stuck there too but if you ever want any personal coaching I am here for you. I do one on one coaching as well as group coaching and I would encourage you to go to victoriadewalker.com to find out more information about that. So God bless you. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. Thank you so much for tuning in. And say, if you like what you hear, please consider sharing this link to the show with a friend or a family member who you think might be encouraged by the inspiring and hope-filled messages that I try to put out every single week. So thank you so much for your support. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.